0: Welcome to Victory GP. We're excited you've joined us and we hope you're impacted and inspired by today's message. We are not sitting passively as we cross over into this new year. This is a God-ordained year I love how it just built into our culture built into how the calendar works it's called the year of our lord right ad 2022 ad is 2022 the year of our lord god has gone before us into it god has a plan god is on the throne god is not in dismay god is not waiting for the next public service announcement he is ruling He is reigning, and we are with him. So we're going to partner into that today and just uh, see what God has to say. Did anybody, as you began to pray into this year, and I know you have been, did you feel a little stirring on the inside? Did you feel that little, like, hmm? I don't, I mean, I don't have a word for that. It's it's a, it's a thing. It's a, I felt like last year when we crossed over into 2021, it was like, (laughs) you know, we didn't know what was coming, but we knew that God was refining. We knew that the fire was getting turned up and that always brings out some great stuff. It also brings all the junk to the surface. Anybody had a refining 2021? Yes, we did. You saw stuff come out of you and the people around you and the circumstances that needed to be cleaned off. That's how refining works is that the fire heats stuff up, metal turns into liquid and the junk comes to the surface and you look at it and you're like, "Ah!" But God's just like, oh, I'll just take that. I'll clean that off. If you'll let me, I'll clean it off and the pure stuff is on the other side, and the pure stuff is for God's purposes. And so we're going to lean into that a little bit today. So Lord, we just pray as we go into your word, that Lord, you would give us a fire for this year, a fire that matches yours, God, that we would be connected to your passion, your purpose, your desire. Lord, we thank you that we are not moved by the circumstances around us. We are moved by the heart of heaven, the purposes of the most high God, and we align ourselves with you. I pray today that whether we're in-house or we're online in some some location, wherever, God, that you would ignite us today, that there would be something awakened, that every place of hiddenness, every place of, of um, despair, discouragement, distress, God, would be broken loose today in Jesus' name. And we just declare newness of life and fullness of fire today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I was, you know, just looking through this stuff, looking through this new year. Um, I always like to take time to pray. And for those who are curious, if you've been in our church for any length of time, and we have a lot of new people, today's a little bit of a weird day, but I do want to encourage you, um, if you've been here longer than six months, you're a regular. Like, uh, so there are a lot of new people. And so for some who've only been here like a couple weeks or a couple months, you're looking around, you're feeling like the new person you're probably not even like you you are but you're not so what i'm saying is we all need to reach out and love somebody get to know somebody talk to somebody who's sitting beside you um just just put yourself out there if you've only been here 2 months somebody's only been here 2 weeks so that's kind of how it's working right now god is stirring his people up and i know that there's some even here today that uh it, this is your step back into the front line this is your step back into action welcome we're really glad you're here. Really glad that God's calling you back into fellowship. Um, for those who are just meeting God for the first time, or maybe you're just searching, welcome. We're super glad you are here. This is a time like no other in history. We always have, you know, there's high points and low points, but this moment in history, the whole world has shifted. We are, you know, and I don't like to make it about a virus, but the virus was a catalyst to show us what's going on in the hearts and minds of men, what's going on in governments, what's going on in in different agencies, how we actually feel about each other, how we're actually doing with life, how we're actually processing things behind closed doors. It kind of brought it all to the surface. And so now this is an optimal time for us to meet God, for us to walk with him, for us to live with him. And so as... um. Our church normally does. We have uh, Victory Churches in general, internationally, usually does a New Year's fast um, where we just take time to seek the Lord. This year, they've kind of blocked off from the 3rd to the 24th. 24th, 23rd, somewhere in there. Um, just at some point in there, two fast. So um, because our church this past year, we've actually done several church-wide fasts. We're sort of getting to be junkies for it. We, we love just taking the time to seek God, but we left this open for you to, to seek the Lord on your own timetable. So whether you want to do a three-day fast, 21-day, one day, whatever, but do take time to find out what God is saying in the beginning of the year. And I always like to ask the Lord for a word or a, a sense, a scripture, something that I can kind of hang on to for the year. And the, I got two words this year as I was praying, and the words were advance and increase advance and increase, which tells me the time for the pause is over. We have been in this, this season where God has been refining, working, doing stuff in us. He's been teaching us things, but now it is time to advance and increase. How is that possible when we're not even supposed to be, you know, doing half the things that were normal to us a couple years ago? God's on a different system. You know, there is, there is no blockage in him. There's, I, I have a, a thing that I say to my staff all the time. Uh, Wayne and I talk about it. But basically, I love to say, what can we do? Like, I, I hate few things more than hearing, oh, that's not possible. Oh, really? <laughs> is that a challenge? Is that, come on, what can we do? Don't tell me what all the things we can't do. What can we do? And in God, he's a can-do kind of God. He's always got a something that is possible. And sometimes it doesn't look like how we would prefer it to look, but something is always possible. And so looking at this, and I, you know, as we crossed over into the new year, and boom, 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 your phone, anybody have like those news alerts? If you've got an iPhone, it just happens. Or I don't even know if you can cut that off. Maybe somebody could tell me. I should shut that off. But, like, it was very exciting, you know, to find out as we crossed over. oh, my goodness, we thought it was going to be okay, but Omicron. And then equally as prevalent on the big announcements was, you know, Sidney Portier died. Well, he was really old. I mean, I don't know why that had to wake me up in the morning. The, the, the world thought that this needed to impact my life. I'm sad for his family. We we're, we're, you know, appreciated Betty White at 99. And people are posting all over the place, gone too soon. <laughs> what did you feel was an appropriate number? I don't know. Like, the world is just nuts. But it's like, we got to freak out about something. We've always got to freak out. And I'm like, I'm kind of over it at this point. I want to know what is God paying attention to? What is his news bulletin? What is it that he wants to wake me up with in the morning? What's he saying today, right? What's God saying? And so we've got this thing where it's like, well, you know, Canadians are doing worse than Americans at this, and Americans are doing worse than Canadians at this, and then there's the Greeks and the Italians and the Spanish, and, you know, all these things are happening, and this is how our medical system is responding to things, and you should feel this way. So I started just praying to this, and I'm like, okay, well, all this is coming at us, and God's words are advance and increase. We have to lean into who he is and who he says we are and so it it comes down to our identity if i identify as a canadian a middle-aged woman uh you know whatever then i'm subject to all of the statistics all of the expectations all of the whatever if i connect my identity to who god says i am Suddenly the doors open quite differently. Suddenly there's a new possibility. So let me give you a few things. This is what God says about who I am. This is what God says about who you are. So you might have come into this year going, I am tired. I can't take anymore. I'm depressed. I'm discouraged. I'm broke. I feel hopeless. I feel aimless. I don't know what's ahead for my future. I don't know where I'm going. God says this sort of stuff. He says, I am called. Revelation 17, 14. He says I am loved. He says I am forgiven. Oh, I'm such a scumbag. I just keep doing this. He says I am forgiven. He says I am accepted. Nobody else might like me. Everybody else might reject me. But God says, I'm accepted. I'm choosing what he says. I don't care anymore what other people think of me. And and, and that's got to be our mantra. I I, I mean, I'm not trying to on purpose offend people. But seriously, God says, I'm accepted. I'm accepted like it or don't. Don't care. Moving on. God, God has made me and created me in his image. In His image, however I look, however I am, however however my nature is, God has put a piece of Himself in me, and He has made me like Him. There is no way that God is sitting around going, "Oh, 2022, just really thought we weren't going to make it this far." Didn't did? No, God is like 2022. Wait till you see what I got planned for you this year. Come on. I am created in that image. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. So that idea of self-hatred, that I don't, I don't have enough, I don't have what it takes. Yes, you do. You were bought with a price. I am bought with a price. What does that mean? I am valuable. You are valuable. Bought with a price. This is my identity. Well, you are subject. You are in the high-risk category for I am bought with a price. I am valuable. I am made in God's image. I am crowned with honor and glory. Psalm 8:5. Crowned with honor and glory. Guess what else is waving its crowny little head? Nuff. I'm crowned with glory and honor. Blessed with every spiritual blessing. That's who I am. I am blessed with every spiritual blessing. I am complete in Christ, Colossians 2.10. I have everything that I need. I am complete in Him. I'm not looking for a person, a job, a title, a certificate to make me okay. I am complete in Christ. Isn't that amazing? So are you. Complete in Christ. I'm not enough. I'm not, I'm not until I you are complete in Christ today in this world. We are not of it. I am in this world. I am not of it. I live in this world. I live in this nation. I live in this province. I live in this city, but my citizenship is heaven. Philippians 3 20. I actually am a citizen of heaven. I am living here. What's the, the system that comes around at embassies within a country? If you come to the American embassy in Canada, you step onto American soil, correct? You step into my house, you step onto heaven soil. I live in this world, but I am not of it. There is a shift and this is my identity. So just as a tool on this because we need to understand this. There are um, at the front papers two-sided declarations of who you are. So I want you to take these home today. We're going to make sure that they make it up onto our app um, so that you can do this. But we need to get our identity as we move forward into this year centered on who God says I am. Everything else has to go. We cannot fulfill the assignment that God has for our lives if we're listening to the garbage that's being pumped at us every single day, every single week, every single year. Romans eight thirty seven to 39. We're going to pull this one up on the screen. It tells me that I am more than a conqueror through him who loved us. You are, if you are in Christ, more than a conqueror. I feel like such a loser. Tell your feelings to come into line. You are more than a conqueror through him who loved us. Verse 38, and I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I tell you I can uh, right now we know that it is about as bad as we've ever seen and it's getting worse out there what do I mean by that? I mean the things like laws that are changing, government systems that are coming to squeeze out what is uh, what is freedom, what is religiously available, what is accessible, what has been is changing. We know that what's coming out there is not good. But I know that on the inside, nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. And the perfect love of God drives out all fear. So I refuse to sit around wallowing in the what ifs. I'm getting up. And And I'm deciding that I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Some of y'all just seriously need the war boots. You need some war, war pants. You need whatever it takes to remind you that Satan is under your feet. You are the head and not the tail. You are above only and not beneath. This is part of what it is that God has given us. This is the promises that God has offered to his kids. And so some of us will say, well, that, you know, that doesn't seem fair. Like everybody's going through a hard time. I don't have to. That's not fair. It is fair. In God's system, he has said that it's available to all to become his children. It is available to any whosoever will may be saved. Whosoever will. Any one of us has the opportunity to step into another zone, to step into another kingdom, to be part of another family. Every single person walking the earth has the opportunity. And so because we all have equal opportunity, I'm not going to apologize for being not upset. I'm not gonna apologize for walking free. I'm not gonna apologize for living healthy. I'm not gonna apologize for choosing freedom. We, we have this constant thing, you know, in our house, we just literally say our house is a haven of peace. Interestingly enough, every person who has ever stayed over at our house is, man, I haven't slept that well in years. We're like, it's because it's a haven of peace. Also, it's a good spare bed. But, you know, whatever. But we, we have to, we on purpose tell each other, because there'll be stuff come in, you got emails, you got texts, you've got the news alerts, and this happened, and this announcement happened, and this changed, and this is, you know, I mean, Wayne's in the event business, so everything's tentatively planned, and cancelled, and planned, and changed, and whatever, and we'll just literally look at each other and pause and say, but it's all peaceful in here. It might be crazy out there. It might be fearful out. Stuff might be blowing up out there. But in here, not in this kingdom, in this place, no evil thing can come near this dwelling place. That is our heritage. That's part of our our, uh, ability as the children of God is to lay hold of what God's promised. We don't have to bite into that junk. We don't have to let it in our homes. We don't have to let it in our conversations. It might be affecting some of our choices, but the kingdom of God will lead us in triumph. God will lead us in triumph. So we're making sure that we stay in the identity that he has given us. I love this quote by Leif Hetland. He says, it isn't what we do that determines who we are, but it's who we are that determines what we do. Isn't that good? Just leave that up there for a minute. It isn't what we do that determines who we are, but it's who we are that determines what we do. You know, we will say to our kids all the time, act your age. What does that mean? If an eight-year-old is kicking and screaming on the floor, we have serious problems with it. If it's a two-year-old, we give him a little grace, you know? Well, what we do has to match up with who we are. Who we are is victorious, loved, accepted, chosen sons and daughters of the Most High God. It means that whatever's going on out there doesn't change the peace that's on the inside of me. It doesn't change the hope. It doesn't change the joy. It doesn't change the love. It allows me from that place to minister to others. Who are caught in the swirl? I have to stay in that identity. Romans 8 31, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Some of us in this past season, because it's been long, man, it's been it's everything. It's like everything. What else can go wrong? How much more garbage are we gonna have to deal with? What if the next time something flares up, your response is, hmm, well, what shall I say? If God is for me, who can be against me? I mean, it might might look bad. It might sound bad. I understand that the circumstances are rough. I understand that I'm heading into some unknowns. But if God is for me, who can be against me? My internal fortitude is based on that identity. So that shift is really saying, I am who he says I am, which means I'm working out of relationship, which is the second thing, the identification. So your identity leads to your identification. And your identification is when the police pull you over and they ask you to show proof of insurance and your identification. Not that that ever happens to anybody here because we all drive really well. But if they did, they would be looking for what? They want to know your name. They want to know where you're from. They want to know what province you're in. Do you have a license to operate in this place? They want to know whose you are. If you're just a random person driving down the road, you don't have any identification. They don't know if you are legally able to do what you're doing in the place that you are. We have to have our identification as citizens of heaven. It shifts. It's how I recognize myself as I am a citizen of heaven. I am a child of God. I am part of a greater family. It's stuff like as I identify and my identification is with the family of God. It means I look around a room like this and I'm like, we're siblings. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, we get to love each other forever. It doesn't mean that we're perfect or we all fully enjoy each other's company all the time or nobody says anything lame or whatever. It means that we get to be loved by the same daddy, that we are all chosen, that we all have a purpose. And the more we get to know him, the more we see him in our siblings. And the more we get to love one another, the more we get to experience the fullness. There's this... um, This uh, evidence of identity that is described as the psychological orientation of the self resulting in a feeling of close emotional association. That's a lot of words. Psychological orientation of the self, the resulting feeling of close emotional association. What this means is, (laughs) I mean, we're bombarded with identity, stuff these days, what I identify as. Um, What this means is I feel that I am based on certain facts. So the more I understand my identity in Christ, who God says I am, the more I will feel emotionally connected to those he says I'm part of the more I will feel part of the family. If I feel like I'm trying to fit in, I'm, I'm such a loser, I'm such a failure, I'm such a whatever. If I, if I don't know my identity, I will struggle to identify with the family of God. So as God's walking us through this in this year, he's like, you just have to, by faith, understand who I say you are. You by faith, out of the relation, let me tell you who you are. And we receive it, and then we begin to identify as part of this family, and it shifts things. Then we get to partake of what is the blessing. So Ephesians 1:18 and 19 is what the Apostle Paul prayed, and I love this prayer. Um, we talk about it a lot in this church, because this is, this is the identity. He prayed that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling... What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power. I pray, we could simplify it, that you get it. I pray that now that you are saying you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you have come into the family, I pray that you would get how awesome this is. I pray that you would understand that there is a power that is at work in you to fulfill the purposes of God upon the earth. That you've actually come into something that has an assignment. It has a purpose. It has an aim. It has something that is greater than you. You've you've entered into something bigger than yourself. The message Bible puts it this way. He says, I ask, I ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally, your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what he's calling you to do. Isn't that interesting? So that you can see exactly what he's calling you to do. Grasp the immensity of his glorious way of life that he has for his followers, Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him. Endless energy, boundless strength. Isn't that good? It's saying that not only when you came to Christ was it so that you could have a life that's full of him, it's that that life that's full of him is meant to do something. And this is what I believe the activation and the uh, increase is about in this year. It's about the church not just standing healthy and strong, but the church beginning to move and fulfill the assignment. As long as we are inwardly focused, as long as we are in lockdown in our minds and in our bodies, as long as we're just trying to survive, we will miss the fact that there is a power source on the inside of us that is for something. I had a... um, Dream over the Christmas break, and I woke up in in it. I was I was uh, in the church and I literally heard God in the dream. He just kept saying, Tell them the time is short. Tell them the time is short. And I I tried to like get back in the dream because I wanted to ask, like, are you coming back? Is that what that means? Are we talking the rapture? Are we but I believe it's deliberately ambiguous because for each one of us. The time is short. We have lost almost two years here of, of just hovering when you that 's two years that we don 't get back. The time is short. None of us is guaranteed that just because we're, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years old, that we automatically have, you know, chunks of time left for every one of us. There is this window of time that we are in, this short window of time. And God is saying it's short. In other words, treat it respectfully and use it fully. There's, there's something when we know our identity in Christ and we're identified with him and he's saying the time is short, short for what? There's something, there's an assignment upon your life that's not gonna wait another 20 years. There's an assignment upon your life that's for now. There's something in every day that has something for us to do. So this brings us to the alignment then. If I am identifying with Christ, that's my identification, then I have to have an alignment with him. It means my thinking has to come into agreement. My actions have to come into agreement. I should be thinking, moving, acting, functioning in a way that reflects the heart of the Father. In a way that looks like God. In a way that when people encounter me, they encounter the nature of God, not just one more freaked out Canadian. Right? I mean, there's got to be something. When people encounter us, we should be different. Why? We're citizens of somewhere else. We, we belong somewhere else. And we have an assignment here. So this alignment, I want to look at 1 Corinthians 15:58. 58. It says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, and always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. In the Lord. And that whole passage is just rich with content. But be steadfast and immovable, though they actually mean the same thing when you when you cross-reference the word steadfast means immovable and immovable means steadfast. So I want you to be stable, solid, determined, immovable, abounding in the work of the Lord. This system tells you to abound in the work of your career. Abound in the work of gaining an income, building a life, building a house, buying the stuff, achieving the, the thing, so that if you achieve well enough, you can, at an early point in time, sit down and do nothing. It's just sort of weird, right? Because then you die at 99, and people go on too soon. Well, if I've been sitting around since 55, I'm like, let me out of here. But... I believe God has called us on the inside of us. We actually know we crave purpose. We crave an assignment. We crave something. We are meant to abound in the work of the Lord. And the work of the Lord will happen in your workplace. It will happen in the marketplace. It will happen in your neighborhood. But the the work of the Lord is the place where you stand. It's the place on the inside where you know why you're doing what you're doing. It's this built-in assignment from heaven. There's this... um, Mission statement that YWAM uses. And and they kind of have encompassed a bunch of scriptures in it. But they say that the purpose of their mission, the purpose of their ministry is to know him and to make him known. To know him and to make him known. That's a pretty brilliant way of saying what is the assignment that we've all got. What is the assignment of the work of the Lord is that whether I am a plumber, a nurse, a a medic, a, a mom, whatever it is, my assignment is to know him and to make him known. It's, it's Just this constant process. It's the thing that we see in the book of Acts where where we we see that we receive power to become witnesses to him in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the other ends of the earth. It's the go into all the world and preach the gospel. Not necessarily standing on a street corner preaching, but I know him and I make him known. I know him and I make him known in every circumstance that I'm in. That's my assignment. Well, that doesn't work if I'm turtling. It does If I am in the shell I mean, this is, this is the thing like Jonathan saw. these turtles were on the move. There is a difference. God gives us the armor. He gives us what we need to get through life, But when we hide behind the armor, we turtle, we pull ourselves in and we just survive, just survive, just survive. We miss the ability to know Him and make him known. We lose the assignment, and this is, it's going to make the rest of our lives make sense when we know that that is what God's called us to do. We know that the word tells us that the earth is groaning, waiting for the revealing of the sons and daughters of God. What does that mean? It it means that the earth itself, even nature, but the systems of the earth have been brought into a place of captivity, have been brought into a place of brokenness, moving towards death because of sin. But sin has been paid for through Jesus Christ. So when the sons and daughters of God start walking as free people, it changes atmospheres. It changes, it changes how things are responded to, even in the earth around us. The, the history books tell us that when there are places of a move of God, when there's a freedom that comes to people, nature actually even supernaturally responds. There is a liberation of what happens around us. So we have to understand that we are called to be agents of change. We are called to come into alignment with God and to walk out of that. We know him, we make him known. We know him, we make him known. We're completely different than we would be without him. We've just come through the uh, the Christmas season and our Advent season, the celebration of his arrival, right? Hope, peace, joy, love. These are not Christmas terms. These are the reality. They are our identifying factors of the believer. We have a hope that is anchored beyond this realm. The word tells us that it's anchored beyond the veil. It means that our hope is absolutely sure because God is absolutely real. There is a hope that cannot be shaken. We don't say I'm losing hope. I have hope. It's a hope that is unmistakable, it's undeniable, it's steadfast on the inside of me. I have a peace that passes all understanding. You should be really upset right now. No, I shouldn't. I have peace that is beyond understanding. Well, how are you gonna pay the bills? How are you gonna get through this? What if you've lost your career now that all this crazy? What if? I have a God who promises to meet my needs. I have a God who promises to lead me in triumph. I have a God who has promised to never leave me or forsake me. Therefore, I have peace that might be unexplainable. It might be, you know, hard for other people to understand, but I choose to stay there. I have a joy that is an internal strength outside of my circumstances. How? I don't know how you do it. It's God. I don't know. I mean, if I was you, I would have caved in by now. It's God. How can you smile with everything that's going on in your life? It's God. There is a, this is the marker of the believer. This is who our family is. This is how we act. We have joy in the midst of absolute craziness. We absolutely have an anchor in the storm. We have love that is unconditional, can't explain it, can't screw it up, Heart mending, fear chasing, absolute love. What does that mean? It means I can't be baited. Every human being craves love, craves acceptance, craves that place of I belong somewhere. And because of it, we are baited into bad relationships. We are baited into unhealthy addictions. We're baited into those places where we feel like we belong. We've been accepted, but it's conditional. It's subject to whatever sinful thing. It's how we end up in, in, you know, sexual relationships that are unacceptable, that are harmful, that are hurtful. It's the places where we end up, you know, we've got young people that are joining groups and clubs that they have no previous affiliation to, but they were accepted into it. If I know, know, know that I am loved, I am not baitable. What a gift, right? What a gift is that? That is the hallmark. That is the nature of the people of God. And when we have that nature, we begin to actually answer, provide an answer for that craving that is in the world around us. Because the whole world right now, when we know that the blanket thing that has come across the globe is the spirit of fear... Right? We would all probably agree with that. Every news outlet says that. You know, there's just so much fear everywhere. Every uh, history uh, book based on warfare will tell you that fear is the main manipulator. If they can get a people group to fear, they can move them. Fear is the motivator. Fear is the thing that actually will cause people to respond in ways that they never would in any other time. And so, if that's the blanket that has been thrown across our world doesn't it make sense that if god's people will operate in perfect love which drives out fear it will change the atmosphere does like that makes sense right so if the people of god are also swallowed up in fear there's no answer there's, there's, there's no response to this thing. But if the people of God step up in unconditional love and begin operating from that place and begin receiving, we know Him, we make Him known. We receive that unconditional love and we start giving unconditional love. We start operating in that place. It changes things. Leif Hetland says again, in order to change a culture, we have to have a different culture in us. In order to change a culture... We have to have a different culture in us. If we don't know what's in us, if we're not facilitating, feeding, fueling that culture, we won't live out of it. Here's the interesting thing about culture. Culture has the power to move people more than vision does. The culture, if if a vision is going to stand in any business, in any home, in any family, in your life, there has to be the appropriate culture to support it. Now, culture is defined as uh, whatever we celebrate and whatever we tolerate. So whatever we celebrate, whatever we give notice to, whatever we give attention to, whatever gets the highlights, it becomes a major fueler for our culture. And whatever we tolerate, whatever we'll put up with, Whatever we say, well, you know, I don't like it, but I'm, you know, it's fine. What, what, what are you going to do about it? If we tolerate it, it becomes part of our culture. So the celebration and the tolerating of the things that are outside of our kingdom will allow the outside kingdom to come into us. But when the inside of our kingdom says, when you know, the, the spirit of God lives in me, therefore, I celebrate I celebrate love, I celebrate peace, I celebrate joy, I celebrate hope, I celebrate faith, I celebrate the people around me, I celebrate what's coming, I refuse to get bogged down and anchored into what's behind me, but I am looking forward that the author and finisher of my faith has already gone ahead of me, I am celebrating the good stuff of God, it allows me, it might have been one week that was drenched in the the devils of hell has come against us, but I can come in here Sunday morning and I'm going to dance my feet off. I'm going to sing. I'm going to clap. I'm going to shout. How do I do that? I am celebrating the goodness of God in the midst of this garbage. I celebrate it. Well, what about, you know, you have a reason. I'd I'd understand why you feel crappy today. I understand why, you know, maybe we just, you want to sit and have a cry about it. Now, I know this can going to make me sound like a mean person, but I actually believe in this season we can't tolerate that. Not that we don't get to cry or we don't get an expression for our emotions, but I'm saying when that blanket comes in and it says you should be depressed, you should feel hopeless, you should feel despair, you should feel guilty, you should feel worried, you should feel angry, you should feel, and it comes in and it's like babe, If we tolerate it, it becomes the culture of my life. If I boot it out and say no, I actually choose to celebrate what God says I am, who God says I am, what he says I can have, who he says I'm called to be, and I refuse to tolerate that stuff in my life. I refuse to give it a moment of my time. I refuse to go there any longer. I refuse to be baited into it. I change the culture on the inside, and then when those around you who don't have the hope yet come up and they go, oh, it must be so hard. And you go, I'm actually doing okay. I just, you know, I prayed it through. I just believe God's got it. Well, why would you even think that? I mean, God's not even real. Well, he's real for me. You know, it changes the culture around us. Our culture needs a change. The final thing then is the activation. If I've got a culture on the inside of me that is meant to affect the culture on the outside because I know who I am and I'm identifying, my identification is as a daughter of God, a son of God, part of this family. I have this alignment with heaven and heaven says, you know, this world is subject to change. Everything can change. My alignment with heaven is to know God and to make him known. And I'm living that culture. I I experience him in every situation of my life, every obstacle, every issue, every fight, every disappointment. I get to know him and I make him known. And now I come into that activation. I choose to live the culture of heaven. And this is the part that I really feel, I know you've been listening to a lot now. This is the part I want you to get we get to choose we have access to everything but we get to choose whether to apply it and there is not a promise of god that doesn't come without a if we choose whether or not we want to live this way. We choose whether or not we want the fullness of heaven. We choose whether or not we're going to believe for the promises. We choose what to declare over our lives. And I want to just give you a, a basic uh, picture here, Deuteronomy 30. And if you, if you read Deuteronomy, and I know there's a lot of new believers here, um, Deuteronomy is a big book of stories um, and it's got a lot of stuff in it as God was just instituting how he thinks and how he functions with the Old Testament, with the um, with the Israelites at that time. But Deuteronomy 28 to 30 gives you a picture. A, it's kind of a summary of God's plans for us are good. So it, it's easy if you're like reading the Bible for the first time to get kind of bogged down and like, oh my goodness, there's just like, how will I ever? Well, the answer is, All the stuff that you kind of read in Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy, it gets sealed up in Jesus. (laughs) <laughs> We're not having to cleanse things and wash stuff and kill sheeps and all of that stuff. It gets just bottled up and Jesus is the answer to it all. But what it does show us is that God's desire for us is to walk in his goodness. That his plans for people are good. That his thoughts towards us are good. But he always gives us a choice. So this kind of summary in Deuteronomy 30, 19 to 20, Moses is talking to the people and this is after he's given all these rules and instructions and the different things. And he says, I call heaven heaven and earth as witnesses against you today that I have set before you today, life and death, blessing and cursing. You get a choice. Therefore choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord, your God, that you may obey his voice and that you may cling to him for he is your life and the length of your days. I love the very top of this. I call heaven and earth as witnesses. What does that mean? It means that God is going to uphold his word and the earth will respond to it. It means that there is this connection between heaven and earth that we are stepping in the middle of it. And even the earth around us, we have the right as God's people. We have an authority in the spirit. Even the things of the earth are subject to us. We are to, 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 um, steward the earth, but the earth is even serving witness. You choose. Are you with God or not? Not. Because the prince of the power of the air, the, the ruler of this realm, he's out to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you would have life and life abundantly. We get to choose. If you you take the time to read Deuteronomy 28, you're going to see the blessings. It's this beautiful list, particularly the first 10 verses, I think it is, this list of what it is that God promises us. It's things like health and strength and provision and supply. And God says that he's blessed us so that we can be a blessing. The earth is waiting for us to get it. But there's also a, if you choose not to, And then there's a list of curses, and it's not that God is cursing people, it's that if you step out of the blessing, the curse is because the earth has fallen under a curse. This is when we said before that the earth is under the sway of the wicked, when the earth is groaning for the revealing of the sons and daughters of God. The earth is under this thing that is dying, and we have a choice. So we either choose the blessing of God, we choose to live as his sons and daughters, we choose to live in the fullness, we choose to change the culture, we choose to live as he says we are to live, or... We live in that place of cursing where things just seem to die all around us and we are perpetually running towards the end. In God, we are perpetually running towards forever. There is no end. There is, we, we have a timeline on this earth, but there is no end. You come into Christ and something starts that will never end. Like thinking about it, we, we read the book of Proverbs, which is asking God for wisdom, right? Right? The wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is how he thinks and how he operates. So have you ever thought about the fact that the wisdom that you receive now, you will then have forever? Because you're going to move from this place into eternity, which is how he thinks. We're actually learning now the stuff that will matter forever. Or we stay in the earthly realm, which is held under a curse. It's held under the sway of the wicked one. And everything ends ahead of us. Everything is, it's why the Apostle Paul could say, man, outwardly we're perishing, but inwardly I'm being renewed day by day. Like it might, you might look at me and you might be like, wow, that's not holding up well. But on the inside, it's going great. Like this is, this is how it works in God. It's being better. And it's why you can at 80 be more joyful, more peaceful, more hopeful, more full of rich wisdom than you ever were at your 20s. And most older people would say they wouldn't trade it. On the inside, that knowledge of God, that knowledge of who he is, it's something we get to partake of. It's, it's who he's called us to be. It's the relationship that we choose. Psalm 1, let's just open this up real quick. Just for those who think that, you know, Deuteronomy is just for... The Israelites, which it's not. But Psalm 1 spells it out really good. You want to know your identity in Christ. You want to know who you identify with, what citizenship you identify with. You want to be aligned with God and activated. This is what it looks like Psalm 1 Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. In other words, consciously chooses. What culture gets into them? What is influencing my internal culture? Verse 2 But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. You get to win. We get to win. We get to be in the place that no matter what is going on around us, no matter how bad it gets, no matter if there were soldiers in the streets, no matter if there's a, a shortage on all fronts, I, I am a citizen of heaven and I will never lose my peace, my hope, my joy, the love that I carry. I will never lose my optimism because I am headed towards something that's never going to end. On the inside of me, I am never going to shrivel up. I am always going to be producing good fruit. And whatever I touch, it's tending towards life. Whatever I touch will prosper. Whatever I touch carries the nature of God. It carries his presence. It carries his goodness. I am I am an ambassador of heaven and I am called to win. And I'm not making it up. This is what it says, right? You've got your Bibles open. It says then in verse four, the ungodly are not so. Well, that's not fair. Yeah, it is. It's a choice. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. There are two choices. I believe this year, like never before, the heat is cranked up, The pressure upon the earth has increased. The time of God is short. We have this limited window and we have to very clearly define our lives. Very clearly decide who I am, whose I am, what he thinks, how I'll operate. And I am called to be an agent of change. I am called to carry the culture of heaven and release the culture into the world around me. Fazal Malik says this: Any vision, directly or indirectly inspired by God, always brings hope and benefits our world. What is the vision of God for your life? It's not selfish to go there; it's necessary for the people around you to be benefited. It is necessary for your neighborhood, your school, your workplace. It's necessary for our city, our province, for the people of God to be operating in the vision of heaven and benefit the world around us. What good is it if we are called to be blessed to be a blessing if we can't access the blessings of heaven? Why is it Then, when brokenness happens, when crisis happens, when you know fires, famines, floods, whatever it is, why is it we look to government agencies to supply the answer? It's not a biblical response. God's response is we carry hope, we bless, we help, we have wisdom from heaven. When we don't, when the world doesn't know what to do, we actually can get into that secret place with God and we ask for wisdom. We ask for direction. We ask for counsel. We are called to carry the answer. The final verse that we're going to go with today is Matthew 5, 13 to 60. I know this is a lot of scripture, but I'm telling you, I'm excited about what is ahead. I believe God has called you to experience the fullness of heaven. It says, but you are the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? What's the it? It's like your English literature class. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? The earth. If you lose your flavor, how will the earth be seasoned? How will the earth be preserved? How will it experience the flavor of heaven? How will it experience God if we are the salt of the earth? And we lose our saltiness. How will the earth be seasoned? It means our responsibility is not just to us and to our families and to our children. It means that the earth around us is groaning for the sons and daughters of God to be revealed. For us to live in the flavor that God has given us. It's then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. That has been the experience that many have had. I know, God, I'm a Christian, whatever. It just, like, life just beats me up. Well, it's sort of how it it works. Live fully. Live passionately. Live in him. This is not the you should be spending X amount of minutes in the Bible every day. You should be praying X. It's you've been given a new citizenship. Live there, be there, think there, serve there, love there, experience there, culture out of there into the world around you, and the trampling doesn't happen. We are blessed. Verse 14, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Let the light that is in you shine so brightly. I'm not saying don't have a career. I'm saying in your career, your core mandate's still the same. Know him. Introduce others to him. Live him. Experience him introduce others to him. Let people encounter heaven through your life, through through your carpentry, through your welding, through your plumbing, through your baking, through your nursing. Let God exper- be experienced through your life, through your good works. I believe God's going to call us to do some outreach stuff in the next couple years. It's probably going to blow our minds But God is calling us to be salt and light. So there's been a purification process, and some have been in the turtle mode, in shell. You know, your little arms and legs and head are in there. You can be just mistaken for a stone, get kicked around from that position. But you pop your legs out, and you begin to stand. You begin to march. You begin to move. God is calling us to change a culture. Let's all stand together if you could. You know, even this morning, uh, Mel said, introduced that we did a new song this morning. She didn't necessarily say it's her new song this morning, which was awesome. Yeah. And it's the first one in a while, right? There's been a season even in Mel's life of you know, just getting in that quiet place with God, things being refined, God working in her heart, but the new season has released a new song and a new sound, and I believe for each one of you there's been a season that God has walked us through that place where we're, we're leaning on him, we're letting him purify, we're letting him refine, but I'm telling you today, we need to shake ourselves loose now. It's, it's time to move. And as weird as it is, there's this thing that happens even when babies are born, right? I don't think the doctors actually slap them anymore, but they definitely give them a good rub down because it's, it doesn't even come naturally in birth to breathe and move. It's, there's There has to be a shaking sometimes. There has to be something that stirs up action. And so even today, I'm going to pray over us, and then we're going to sing a declaration. We're going to come back tonight and just seek the Lord and saturate ourselves in that that atmosphere of heaven, but it is time for us to be ready to move. It's time for us to think past ourselves. It's time for us to look beyond our our, our expectations. It's time for us to move past what we think is possible. We know our identity. We identify ourselves with the culture and kingdom of heaven. We come into alignment with him and his way of thinking and being, and then we are activated. And there's not a person in the room, not a person online that doesn't have an assignment. Not a not a single one. We are culture changers. And so, God, this morning we come before you, and Lord, we thank you for the journey that we've been on. Lord, that this path has been interesting the last couple years, <laughs> but according to your word, you have not left us. You have not forsaken us. You've never left us alone. You've provided for us. You've cared for us, God. You've held us when we're weeping. You've nudged us when we needed to move, God. You've you've cautioned us when we felt angry and upset. You've guided us, Lord. You've given us your wisdom. You've given us ideas. But Lord, we also know that there is an enemy of our soul that has worked overtime to, to throw at us that spirit of fear, the blanket of depression, discouragement, to, 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 to be disheartened, to be, to be weary, to give up hope. Loss of vision, God, even that spiritual blindness. Some have felt like I don't even know where to go. Lord, today I thank you that you're reminding us who you are, who you say we are. And whose we are. Lord, I thank you that we don't have to see everything. You say in your word that you will whisper in our ear, this is the way, walk in it. We only need to know the next step and the next step and the next step. But you will always lead us in triumph. I thank you, God, that you've called us to be salt and light. You've called us to be culture changers. You've called us, God, to be different. You've called us to be set apart. You've called us to know you and to make you known. Lord, we thank you for the simplicity of that. We can do that. Wherever we are, we can do that. And so, Lord, today we just take authority as your kids over those bombarding thoughts, over that heaviness, over that weighty, wet blanket over our lives, God, that has held us back, over any confusion, over any spiritual blindness. Lord, we ask your forgiveness for biting into it. For coming into any kind of agreement with it, for even speaking it anyway. And Lord, today you've set before us life and death, blessing and cursing. Today we choose life, we choose blessing. And so, Lord, for any of those things that we've been packing around, we command them to go right now in Jesus' name, to loose their grip, to leave our hearts, to leave our minds, to leave our homes, to leave the atmosphere around our very being. And today, God, we choose you. We choose your way. We choose, God, to be activated. We choose, God, for there to be movement in our lives. We choose, God, to step out. We choose, God, to experience you and help others to experience you God we thank you that there is no shortage of hope in you there's no shortage of of joy there's no shortage of peace there's no shortage of love and so Lord we choose to make that our reality we choose to live from that place and God today I speak a release over your people both here and online as we enter into this new year Lord we thank you for that activation in Jesus name We thank you for increase. We thank you for fruitfulness, God. Everything that has been held dormant in this past season, we speak life to it in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you that you have called us to be blessed, to be a blessing. And so we choose to live in that blessing. We choose to walk in that blessing. We choose to be blessers. God, we thank you that you've given us everything that we need for life and godliness. So we live in that abundance today. And I thank you for restoring the joy on the inside of us, God. Restoring the joy and blowing the breath of heaven upon that fire. I thank you, Lord, that you've called us to live loud, to burn brightly, God, and to make a difference. We just give you the praise for it today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this message from Victory Church Grand Prairie. You can stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by using at VictoryChurchGP. If you have any questions, would like to access our online resources, or would like to sow into this ministry, you can visit us at www.VictoryGP.com. You can also text to give, just text 587-207-4387 and follow the prompting. Thanks again for joining us at VictoryGP. Reach, teach, mobilize.